Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Christmas Day, New Year's Day, Valentine's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, all of that pales in comparison to the first teamless Tuesday for NRL seasons. And we're here for round one 2023. JT here joined by a couple of guests here. I've got the cavalry in, the gurus of Supercoach, Adam Stylesy Styles. Throw on to you first. How are you, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, very excited. First TLT for the year. Um, just ready to go, ready for some footy. It's felt like a really long off season. I'm sure it has, but I'm sure it'll feel like an even longer season when you get the um, the hey champs, what's this guy doing, and and all of that uh, throughout the year. But um, good to see you back on deck and the Twitter saviour as ever. Uh, joined as well, speaking of Twitter, a man that spends, I, I would say, a, a good chunk of his day on there, uh, picking fights, starting them, whatever it might be, Anton Poser. Uh, how are you, mate? <laughs> no, I don't. Yes, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah, must... Merry Christmas, one and all. It's a uh, it's a good day. It's a good day for super coaches today. We get to shake our Christmas presents and see what we got. Well, it's a good one because I mean, Teamless Tuesday run, runs around. We like to think we've got a handle on things of our own teams, but I mean, I, I said to you off air. I think you've had about seven trillion iterations of your side. But what has Teamless Tuesday done for you today? Uh, I don't know. Kind of like validated some of the thought processes to a degree. I mean, um, a lot of a lot of the stuff that I was hoping for and expecting happened which was cool but then uh there was a few other curveballs which we'll probably get to later that has got me thinking a bit more so that's 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 the last thing i need because it's um ever since they opened the team picker it's kind of just always there in the background and um you know they say you go blind if you keep playing with it and i'm halfway there i think so (laughs) i mean good that you are still thinking because i heard that um when i did throw this out to you and suggested you come on the pod for us you did say you might be a little bit where worse for wear i mean there's been a three-day festival or something over there and you've got a uh lasting scar as a result oh yeah yeah look look this is uh this is what happens when a guy is in his 40s and, and heads to a music festival with his with his mates you know, you kind of, well, of course you blow out, um, but it's good. We survived, um, had a good time. I managed to chip a tooth, which wasn't great, but mm. um, that's why they give you heaps of other ones. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it means I can go to South Games now. No true words spoken. <laughs> that's why they give you plenty of others. Well, we're not doing this over video, which is unfortunate because I was looking forward to seeing how you guys are holding up. Stasi, I mean, you've been out in Roma for a little while. Are you sporting some extra tattoos or missing teeth? Anything going wrong with you? Oh, look, mate, it's um, I've got some singlet tan going on. I've got some nice. long tan, which for me as a very, very pale man is uh, quite noteworthy. <laughs> um, language is going down the gutter, which we'll try and keep out of this podcast and oh no really, no 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 no, really no. don't hot. worry about that do not worry about that as we've said off air the professionalism of this podcast doesn't need much to uphold so uh anton and stars i'm looking forward to picking your brains over what's been a pretty uh somewhat busy 
uh, round one team list Tuesday. I think we'll uh, the pod for today. We're going to go through some of the surprises, as Anton said. Probably not too many. Um, a lot of those trial sides looked pretty much locked and loaded. Those teams wanted that 100K big time, clearly. So some of the best of the best getting thrown out there. Uh, we'll talk about just what it did to some of our sides. So we've sent them around to each other. Um, I got a lot of roasting last week from my co-host, Alex, which is why he's not here this week around. But uh, we'll chat about some of our sides and what Teamless Tuesday News did to us. Um, and then go through a couple of the games, pick out some pods, uh, guys we're keeping an eye on, guys we're avoiding, that kind of thing. Uh, so big news in the in- injury front as well. So uh, one man at the top of that list being Nico Hines. So maybe I'll start um, at some of the surprises. So Stolzy, maybe with you, anything that caught your eye when the teams dropped at um, 3 p.m. normal time, that's Queensland, I think Anton's working on, it's midnight over there or something. But for you, 3 p.m., what did that change about your side? Not too much, to be honest. I was pretty excited that I had green lights all around the park except for one spot, which is a uh, an MIA Greg Marshu. So that was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, but by and large, there weren't too many. And we were talking off, um, off recording just before, and it's either a combination of the trial sides being reasonably uh, aligned to what they actually wanted to run out in round one and maybe just the quality of information kicking around. But... Uh, I think things were reasonably, by and large, what we expected. A um, few surprise picks in the Raiders pack, which I'm sure we'll get mm. to, but um, it was reasonably stock standard. Oh, and Cardi Party. That, that was oh, a Giddy up. I was about to yeah. say, we've gone five minutes into the SU report and haven't mentioned the Cardi. Anton, is he in your side? Oh, I mean, you're fresh off a three-day bender. Party oh, territory. It's yeah. Look, he's he's been he's been in and out quite a bit actually over the last last couple of days because I just can't choose between him and Matt Dury. Hmm. Um, I don't know who's who's at risk when Madison gets back, so I may pick neither of them at this rate just because I can't decide. But um, I don't think yeah. it's really Madison you have to worry about because he'll keep that bench roll. It's more Sean Lane coming back. Um, one yeah, of them will, yeah. one of them will keep the spot. Um, but I guess we don't know which yet. Where will he go on the bench though? Because they've got uh, Momoisea as well on the bench, as well as um, who's the other guy? Murchi. So they have two. Drop out. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. And there's no there's no utility on the bench either. So it looks like Hodgson's going to be strapping himself in for eighty minutes with those knees. That's pretty surprising as a 78-year-old gentleman still getting around in the NRL that he's been entrusted with 80-odd minutes, but, I mean, decent enough news for Supercoach. So you're saying you don't have either of Dury or Cardi, Anton? No, I have Matt Dury at the moment. Okay. But I, I had Cardi about an hour ago, and I've been flipping and flopping. True to form. There you go. An hour before the pod, chopping and changing. Very good. Any other headliners for you in terms of teamless Tuesday news? Yeah, there's a few. So Solo at, at uh, the Raiders, who's starting up front, he's got he's got the jewel there, and he's a pretty good price in the low two hundreds. Um, I didn't think he would get a starting spot over Gula, but he seems to have got that for the time being. While Papali'i's out, um, and in the same side, Harawira Nader as well. He's playing lock, which I also didn't expect. Uh, we know that if he gets the minutes, he becomes relevant straight away, and he was straight into my side actually. Um, 
Uh, also, Hunton for Maju was, was a big one for a lot of people. A lot of people were expecting Maju to be lining up on that on that edge. It was at the left edge outside Kalen Ponga. Mm. So, uh, Heimel Hunt at that price is a big winner there, but um, he'll probably be looking over his shoulder for a, the entire season. Um, then the other one for me was, of course, the, the rookie winger for Penrith, McLean, who was actually tipped to uh, maybe get the nod over Taruva, but it didn't go that way. Um, so there was a bit of restructuring that had to happen there because I planned on having him as a bottom dollar cheapie in there. And then when he didn't happen, I had to had to steal the money from somewhere else to bring back Taruva. Hmm. And then the last one, of course, is Luke Thompson. So, oh, yeah, injury today. Yeah, he picked up a pretty bad one by the sounds of things. Gus... Gus Gould said it looks like he could be out for about six months, they're saying, at, at a very kind of early early stage diagnosis. But that, that you know, changes things for, um, of course, for the bench forwards. Um, but we can get to that in a, a little bit later. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's something that's going to affect a lot of teams, I think, especially if you drafted them. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of moving parts in some of those cheapy players. I think um, one of the segments on the pod tonight is going to be going through some traps. Uh, we've got it called the Pallavi segment. Anton is a Warriors stalwart. Do you remember John Pallavi and his illustrious, I assume, four-game career? I do. I remember him uh, very well. Actually, he was last seen in 2019 uh, actually playing for the Tweed Seagulls, but then he vanished again. So I don't know. Maybe he goes on holidays in the Bermuda Triangle or something. But um, <laughs> it's... he just he's just got this way of, um, you know, having a quantum leap moment and then just vanishing. Mm. It's one for the veteran listeners or, or followers of the site there, but Joe Fitz uh, now on the SC Champions pod, but he used to coin in his weekly article, he would have trap uh, sort of candidates and you'd call them, you'd have it on the Pallavi scale. So John Pallavi, a second row forward cheapie that uh, was named in, I think a starting second row for the Warriors around one and then never to be seen again. In terms of super coach pants, that is absolute trap territory so i think uh, as we've been speaking about some of those news uh coming out of today there's a fair few of those candidates those heimel hunts and uh, solo and those sort of guys so we'll go through a, a couple of those later on um i thought maybe we start at the top and i'm keen to pick your brains on some of the sides that you've uh put together and you're probably changing them as we speak but um Stasi, i haven't really seen much out of you this offseason in terms of who you are going with but I guess if you were to give me a little elevator pitch here for your round one NRL Supercoach side, uh, now that Teamless Tuesday is all done and dusted, um, what would the pitch be? Who have you got? Who have you not got? Uh, take me through what your side looks like. Honestly, I, I think it's reasonably cookie cutter. Um, I'm generally pretty risk averse to start the season and just try and see who eventuates. And I often will, if I'm deciding between a couple of players in a price bracket, I'll go the higher priced one in case I need to pivot uh, before those first price changes. I don't have to find money, but I'm gaining it. So um, all in all, I was just going for green lights across the park. And by that, I mean, I don't have your, your Pele's and um, Moales and players like that. Um, I'm just trying to get starters. That might change, but um no real surprises kicking around. I swapped out Marju this afternoon for Taolangi um, in the only real change this week. Um, I'm avoiding some of the sort of low to mid-price fullbacks like your um, Hayes Perrams, your um, Tabuai Fidos and guys like that. And I've gone just cheapers and guns, really. I was about to point out, because I've got your side in front of me now, two Cowboys in the centre wing, Val Holmes and Murray Taolangi. Like, I don't have... I've got Reese Robson and that's it. You've got Ruben Cotter up the top. Are you feeling Cowboys Premiers 2023? 
Tao Lungi was more so the, uh, I had to get Marshu out and I picked the bloke next to him in the same price bracket. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's under review. Um, but yeah, giddy up with that draw, I think. There you go. No Jake Granville though, a notable absence from your side, despite getting the 14 jersey. So uh, might be one to ponder going forward. Um, Anton, well, you're mate, probably... Just on Granville, what happened yeah. to his uh, hooker fullback? Um, Absolute disgrace. Serious <laughs> consideration if he was still rocking that. Clearly, they're not checking the inbox at the Daily Telly, but I've been sending in furious emails, mails, owls, whatever it takes, pigeons, all to get that jewel. Because, I mean, who has a hooker, fullback, jewel, flex? Like, unreal. Jake Granville, one of a kind. Um, Rob Anton, Sutherland, get on it. Rob Sutherland. <laughs> thank you. Anton, have you looked at Stasi's side? Uh, yes, I have. So, so yeah. any any pointers, anything you want to query him on? No, nah, look, I think it all makes it all makes a lot of sense. Like, um, like Stylesy said, we've got sort of gifted about half a dozen cheapies at pretty much rock bottom price. That I think you're kind of nuts if you go past them. And then there's other ones where value wise, where it's 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 they're not they're not must haves, but it's it's very hard to walk away from that value. Um, so then you're looking at probably a third of your side is is you know kind of locked in fairly early. And then you got then you kind of like have to throw a hoop around who who you're hedging your bets on your uh, on your guns who you, who you think is going to nail it and then it's like I guess like the um it's the Jenga of the mid ranges mm. and that's the bit that just keeps shifting all the time for me um, and I think I think I, I like a lot of your selections here Stylesy actually but um any yeah. thoughts on your mate uh, Willie Army uh, kicking around in second row. Yeah, so look, I reckon he's he's a guy that I'm I'm probably going to trade down to in in round three before the price um, before the price change happens. Uh, that's for two reasons. One, just because he's he's so cheap, I'll make money off any trade that I I make, and I'll only have to do one trade. Um, and then the other and the other one is just because um, obviously Violea wasn't selected today. True, um, and I think. Violet will come in for Pompey because Williame had a um, existing combination with Montoya from the Fiji squad in 2019, and those guys have a bit of a bromance on that left side. And mm. Williame keeps talking about it on his Instagram and stuff, and how he loves his left edge and blah blah. blah. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, well, okay, it'd be a bit mean to for Violet to come and split that whole thing up. So I reckon Violet is is a bit more. Uh, he played the left and the right side in the trial, so it looked like they're they're kind of seeing whether he can play both sides. And he's still young; he's still learning the game, but he's got the most upside of any centre that we've got, you know, by a long shot. So he will come in, I think, if he's fit. Um, and he he missed the last trial, I think, with injury, and I, I just don't think he's quite ready yet. So that's why he's 18th man this round. But it's just got me kind of a little bit nervous about Willie Army now. So I'm happy to leave him out for now. But he's um, he's probably going to be someone that everyone will bring up if they don't have him already um, once we tail up the nights. I mean, I mean, in, in um, the <laughs> second or third round. Like he's not here. It's all good. We can cast shade on the nights. Did it last week. It was all good fun. Um, <laughs> Willie Army, he's got a very checkered past in terms of super coach. Came on the scene, was it a couple of years ago for the Dragons at that same sort of price tag? Everyone jumped on. And he went from scoring 20 points in 80 minutes to like five minutes off the bench. So yeah. if you're saying there's any doubt around him, I think a lot of super coaches should have a bit of pause about naming him despite the green tick and despite the price tag. So yeah. are you ready to um, put your, your Warriors fanaticism on the line and say that Willie Army is not a, not a must? I don't, I don't think he is a, is a must at all. There's, there's so many value players that we can choose from here. Um, but if someone's got him in their team, I, I think they won't lose out on it because if they do get it wrong, there's other guys you can trade to. So, um, yeah, 
it's a it's a it's it's a it's a smart smart play, I think. Either way. So I've just had a quick look across all three of our sides. We've all gone, maybe we just focus on hooker, halves, and then fullback, because that's where I think a lot of big decisions are being made. But all three of us have gone the Adam Dewey and Isaiah Katoa combination so for me and i don't know about you guys but when katoa was named i mean it's very hard to go past him given the fact he seems to have usurped milford into that role at the dolphins but um are you tossing up between styles you say dewey and burton or is it a lock and load adam dewey got the more upside oh it's now lock and load adam dewey he um basically in the mega guide i had burton as my um in that first pick section, I was I was so high on him coming into the season with that glow up the Bulldogs have, but trial form was a little bit questionable. Um, didn't look poor, but didn't look amazing. And um, the way he was killing it, and in that similar price bracket, um, I, I've made the swap, and I'm pretty happy with it. Anything else, Anton? Yeah, I just I just think uh, for Burton, there was a lot of love for him kind of about a month or so ago. But I've always been on the Dewey train. I just think he's I think he's a better super coach scorer. I think his floor is much higher. Even when they got tailed up by about seventy points by, I think it was Melbourne last year, he scored fifty odd or forty odd. So hmm. I think like you know that kind of shows you that he does have the tackle breaks on him. He does he does have good defence and all that sort of stuff. But he's the goal kicker. I think uh, West Tigers are going to be much better this year. And for me, I just think he's um, he's the Nathan Cleary of 5'8 for me. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that sort of made me a bit hesitant with him, and I know he was so good last year but and the year before, but there's been no one at the Tigers to really take the reins. So he's been kind of the the only guy that seemed to have stepped up. Luke Brooks, you know, just sits in the background, it seems. But now they've got guys like Coruscant, you've got Papali in the second row, Bateman. These sort of guys that can spark a bit of attack. And, and so does Dewey need to sit back a little bit and, and let them do their thing? That's the only thing, I guess, I'll, um, it's sort of a qualitative assessment, but I thought might um, hold him back a little bit, not take the line on as much, that kind of thing. But I think for the upside that you guys have mentioned, it's, it's very hard to go past Dewey and he, what we... Hmm. Sorry, he, he loves to have the ball in his hands and that was the whole big thing... Um, with uh, playing in the centres versus 5 eighth, um, he wanted to be in the halves. He wants the, his hands on the ball and he wants to be the one driving that attack. So I'm not super concerned from that point of view. And you saw it on display in that second trial. He was uh, he was leading them around the park really confidently. Yeah, I'd be scared to not have him, whereas mm. I'm not scared to have not have Matt Burton. I think he, he could put up a tonne, but um, when it comes to Dewey, I think he could put up like 130 if he if he was on his day. So the Katoa news actually threw me. So whenever or when uh, it was all likelihood that Milford would go ahead, I had a look at that 5'8 position and when Schuster went down as well, and I guess we can talk about him a bit later, but having a look at the depth in that 5'8 spot, there is not a lot. Um, maybe one name that we haven't talked about is Cam Munster, the uh, highest price in that bracket there. And I mean, I mean, a lot of people are avoiding him because of that injury news that came out during the off season, but Anton, are you? If there's, I guess, one player in your side that you wish you could get in, uh, would it be Munster? Yeah, Munster's one of those guys that I, I never, I never seem to start with in round one, and I don't know why that is. He's so consistent, and I, I think he's one of those guys that you eventually want to get into your team. But at that price, um, I haven't prioritized him to start with. Um, I think he's someone that you could work your way up to pretty uh, swiftly. 
um, through a second row forward once Schuster comes in. If you traded him in for Katoa and then moved him to a second row and traded out a second row for Munster, you could do it that way before about round round six, round seven. Um, so I've got a bit of a plan to get Munster, but um, it, it's just the money thing, really. I think we need, I need to make a bit more money before I start looking at another gun at that price. Mm. Um, I've got Nico Hines in there too, James Tedesco. So it's you know I can't I can't fit them all in, and as usual for whatever reason he's the guy that's that's not been squeezed in. And the mm. other the other reason is because this year with the, with the buys happening on individual weeks, I've actually been really ruthless with how many players from each team I've selected. Um, with my team, I don't think there's over two from any team. So I think I might have where are we? No, I think I've limited myself to two from every team. Oh, three for Penrith, but that's that's the most. Mm. Um, and I've been really disciplined with that because I think if if it's just a cheapie on your bench and they're not scoring, it's not much of a big deal. But if they're three players that you play in your 17 at the start of the season, we just don't have the depth there to bring in a couple of players and have them score well. A lot of them are cheapies that you know mainly score you about 30 points. So you ideally want to do a bit better than that and have that extra one or two players on your bench to come in and fill that role when you're, you're, um, your other players are out. Mm. I mean, Styles, you're giving so much love to Cowboy men, but we don't have a buy until I think round 12, 13. So you're safe for now, despite having uh, three of them in your side. Maybe we just turn our attention to the the halves. And, and the name that you mentioned, uh, Anton, Nico Hines. So both Styles and I, or at least I did, turfed him with the news that he was out for at least one week today. But you've still got him in your side. Talk us through that. So uh, when a player is 900K and they're sitting in your team, a lot of how you structure your team and a lot of the way it's kind of balanced is is around that um, wad of cash that's just sitting there. If I was to dismantle that and I was to, I was to say, you know, select a different player, could be Tanner Boyd, could be uh, some people are going with Sam Walker, you know, thinking that he's going to rise a lot in value over that first six weeks. It's cool, but what if he's only out for one week and you need to get him back in in a hurry? You'll have to just, you'll have to sell a gun of some kind, um, but the most important thing for me is I'm using trades that I'm I'm going to need further down the season. Um, I heard an interview with him at the start of the week where he was basically saying to the media that um, he was going to leave it right up until game day for him to decide whether he was he was he was okay to play or not. And he got ruled out earlier today. So um, you know that that could have been him saying I don't think I'm ready, or it could have been the doctors. I don't know, but. If he was even talking that way on Monday about the fact that he thinks he could be ready for the weekend, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he'll probably be weekend ready for the weekend after. Um, so I'm actually banking on him only being out for one week. Um, and if they lose to Souths, I think that might actually hurry things along again. They won't risk him. I know they won't risk him, but they have got a, um, a couple of hard games to start, and I think he will he'll he'll want to turn out if he can. Um, so, yeah, I'm actually going to, going to hold because I think the trades are more valuable. And the other thing is the first few weeks are a good chance to get your your side in, into order and arrange the pieces where you've made mistakes. You can kind of go, oh, I missed that cheapie or um, I got the wrong wrong second rower who's absolutely killing it. Um, if you have to fix those fires, if, if you have to sort that stuff out, but then you've also got to solve the problem of trying to get Heinz back in, you're going to have to prioritize one of those things. And that will mean missing out on a really good cheapie or it will mean miss, or, uh, letting someone like a David Fafita who's, who goes on a tear and then suddenly you can't get him because it's either him or Hines. So mm. I, don't, I don't want to be in that position where I've got to choose. So I'm just going to keep Hines and I'll 
I'll I'll happily cop the the zero. I've got I've got enough sort of depth in my side where I reckon I can cover them. Okay, it's a twenty seven round competition this year, so we've got we've got more time than we usually have to make up points. So one round for me is not a deal breaker, and that's what I'm holding. Styles and counterpoints, any? Well, I'm looking at it. Um, it's it's a tough pill having a 900k player on your bench, but I'm I'm also got a bit curious with um, playing the draw because we know the Roosters have a pretty good uh, two opening games and a bit of a tough one than their bye. Whereas Hines, if he's back in round two, he'll have the Eels Raiders. And then that round four is when the Roosters have the bye and the Sharks have the Dragons. So I've sort of pivoted to a Sam Walker. And the plan at this stage will be to flip him back up to Hines in that uh, round four. Um, we'll have already had price rises by that stage, so it hopefully won't be a big flurry trying to get in the right cheapies and sort that out. I know there's a bit of a price gap. Walker might go up a little bit in that week, and if I can do some moving and shaking, I reckon I can get him in and just play the draw that way and not miss out uh, in this first week. And if it lingers, um, like if they decide to give him a second week or anything happens, then um, you, you could be in all sorts. So I'm playing it a bit uh, more risk averse, I think. And even the goal kicking, I guess, is probably at risk as well, given it's a calf injury. I'm not sure exactly what leg. I'm sure one of you guys do, the gurus. But, uh, you know, you always see these guys when they are um, nursing leg injuries that they tend to be eased back into things. So if Hines is suddenly losing the goal kicking, I think that's a huge chunk out of what is their 900k salary. So it needs to sort of really hit the ground running. So I guess that would be one concern. But I did also think today, um, talking about captains and vice captains, which we'll get into later, but is there a point in have vice captain if you don't actually have anyone sitting out? But if you've got a Nico Hines who uh, is, is riding the pine and, and may play later in the week over the next couple of weeks, that's a very easy vice captain play. You're almost gifting yourself that uh, early on. So Anton, it looks like you've only just got him that will be out. So I guess that opens an avenue for you. Unless you're captaining Nathan Cleary. Well, yeah, it would just mean you can't do that <laughs> yeah. in that instance there. But even then, uh, I'm not entirely sold on Cleary despite having him. But, I mean, I think, yeah, you just the likes of Teddy and these sort of guys all floating around, there's a lot of captain material. But I like the, the ability to play an almost risk-free VC loop. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is good. And I think that that's why some people even thought they might hold Schuster as well. Hmm. And some people even have a dragon in their side for that first week just because it gives them that opportunity like a, a Murdoch Masillo or someone like that or even a Jaden Sullivan or a Sloan. They've kind of got them there thinking like, well, you know, at the very least it gives me a loop option for the first week. Hmm. It's real easy to get caught up in looping though. Like realistically, how often – do we actually do it? And particularly early in the season where your AE might be a 10, um, mm. it's harder to pull off than later in the season. So um wasn't as big as a uh, consideration for myself personally. Yeah, it's usually origin that where it comes to, into play. Just turning our attention, guys, from the halves into the hooker rotation. So it looks like all three of us have got Brandon Smith, Stylesy, or actually, no, sorry, Anton, you've got Sonny Luke. What's the thought process behind that? Well, um, he's just so much cheaper, I think, than Tanner Boyd. Um, and even though, even though Tanner Boyd is, because he was the guy I had there for the longest time, I've gone for Hooker as my um, as my value position. Um, Harry Grant was in my team initially with, with Smith, but I just think there's so much money to be made with Sonny Luke. I think he's going to be playing 55, 60 minutes off the bench. Uh, we saw in that World Club Challenge that the, they really 
lacked a bit of spark and um, his cup figures are really good. And he was actually, he was actually really good in the world cup as well. Hmm. So I think he's going to make a big difference. He's, he's actually got a bit of experience behind him. He's not some fresh faced 18 year old rookies coming in. He's about 26. So he's, he's got kind of a bit of ability about him and I think they desperately need him. So in a, in a side like the Panthers, I can see him running them some attacking stats. Um, you know, I mean, if you, if you go for Tanner Boyd, he's got the kicking, but um, it's the Titans. So hmm. that could, it, it might not be as many points as, as you think. And if Foran's more dominant, that was in the trials. That's one of the things that I noticed was a lot of the ball and a lot of the attacking play and a lot of the breaks were coming through Foran and Foran's side. So that actually sort of turned me a little bit off Tanner Boyd. Um, and made me look a bit more towards Sonny Luke. It's a bit kind of sight unseen, but you know, he's he's someone that I can just kind of have on my bench there and I don't necessarily have to play him, but I just think, you know, for two hundred and thirty four thousand, you know, he could he could make over two hundred K in the first couple of months, you know. So um I'm happy just to stash him there. I think I like the thing about the Titans trial. Um I was the same when I watched that game and the amount of ball going down foreign side compared to Boyd and that's Boyd is down for feeder's edge as well which may be completely off him as well just clearly nothing in the offseason suggests that he's likely to command uh, you know twice as much ball as he has been but Mm. um, yeah that really made me reconsider um, having Boyd either at hooker or or 5.8. Stars you've got Boyd is there any is that a position of doubt or are you locked and loaded? Oh, it's a bit more doubtful after the trial and his kicking wasn't too crash hot either mm. in that, um, I must admit. But my thought process there is like what I alluded to earlier. If I've got if I start with him and then week two weeks elapse and I'm not super happy and Sonny Luke's killing it, easy to go down, not easy to go the other way. And he's in a sort of position where the ceiling's probably a little bit higher. So even though he starts off a bit higher priced. If I want to, I don't want to hold him for the season. Um, I want to be flipping him to a, a gun, like maybe a cook after some tough rounds. And I think, given he is a kicking halfback, he's more likely to have a flurry of games that'll see his price spike a fair bit higher, and you can mm. flip him a little bit sooner. Uh, all right, and then finally, just down on fullback, you or we all have the same combination, Teddy and Turbo, uh, as it stands right now. Um, Stasi, why not Latrell Mitchell? in that spot why have you gone uh for turbo teddy i had teddy and latrell for a good chunk of the um pre-season until uh we're a bit more certain about turbo's status so i think slightly higher price than uh teddy and just that opening draw is pretty suspect um i reckon he'll score well through it um just a, a money and team balancing at the end of the day and i think um Luttrell with a tougher draw, Teddy with a quite an easy couple of opening games where he's a captaincy option sort of swayed mm. me. Um, wouldn't be surprised if Luttrell makes a really good go of it though. And Teddy looked a bit uh, worn out in that trial. Um, I don't know if the playing all the games over the off season uh, made him a bit weary and he's getting a bit on, but um, yeah, something to watch, but I'm not, not super concerned at this stage to just lock him in with Turbo. Anton, what do you see with Turbo this year? Uh, well, look, I think he's. Um, we saw with Latrell when he went and saw the old, uh, you know, knee guru over in the states. Uh, his, his was his hammy, wasn't he? Kind of he mm. really stuffed his hammy. But um, I think uh, you know, for Turbo, he's 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 kind of got a new, uh, newly fashioned running style. So if he can keep himself fit, I mean, he's you know he's close to the best player in Supercoach. So 
for for five hundred and seventy thousand. It's it's pretty hard to go past. But I mean, I I actually I only just put him in my team yesterday. I've had Latrell all preseason until yesterday, and my plan my plan around that was that I think his ownership is so high. Um, I don't know what it is right now. Let's have a look. Um, be around the 25, 30% mark. Yeah, I think high. it might even be more than that. So he's, he, um, the ownership was throwing me off a little bit. And what, what I was planning to do was have Latrell until after the buy, after his buy. Because I think that week when he has the buy, to have a double fullback in that round um, would be a really, a really cool thing to have. So um, that was the plan. And then I was going to sell either Latrell or Teddy for Turbo at that point before his price changes and uh, walk away with the cash and sort of do things with it. But the start of the season, I'm kind of thinking like, I actually need that cash now so that I have the strongest 17 I can possibly field. Um, and once I put Turbo in there, I it just means I don't have to start with so many cheapies in my back line. I can bring a mm. couple of guys in that I you know, I, I can kind of rely on to give me like, you know, 55, 60 at least uh, week to week, uh, which is which is always nice to start with. And then, um, you know, some, some of those more expensive guys like a Cam Murray I've got in my second row now, and that's that wasn't possible when I had Latrell there. So that's kind of how I got to that point. And it's annoying to arrive at the same conclusion that everyone else arrived at two months ago, but here I am. Hmm. <laughs> well, Nick, well, it's actually surprisingly low, 16%. For Latrell, just having up now. So 16% for Latrell, Turbo 40 and Teddy 43 and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, Turbo Teddy is going with the crowd. And, I mean, for the upside that both of those players have, like it's, it's you know, it's a not a exciting move, as you said, but it's probably one that's going to keep your head above water. And at the end of the day, like Turbo has these bursts, right? He comes back from injury and everyone's sort of hesitant about him and he'll kill it for four weeks and then unfortunately be out for the season. But if we the get him thing, for the, if that's four yeah. weeks. The other, the other thing is, I don't know whether you guys noticed this, but Manly, Manly looked hot when they had their full team on the field on the, in that second trial. They had speed all over the park. They were making breaks everywhere, lots of broken play. And I get it was a trial, but you add him to that mix, I think there could be a lot of points in him. Like He could, he could score a huge ton in his first week against the Bulldogs on a sunny afternoon at Brookvale. You know, that's that's their first game. And I think it's just, you know, he's he's a captain option. And, you know, I think Latrell's got a hard draw. And I think um, if Manly play like that, if they come out and they, they play like that and they've got all that speed about them, a lot of teams are going to have a lot of trouble shutting them down points-wise. And I just think, you know, um, if you try and get cute around having him slash not having him, um, I think the crowd might get away with you. So even though it's it's really... It's a, it's a popular thing to do to look at ownership and kind of go, oh, I'd rather have a pod to give myself, you know, a bit of an, an edge. If the whole pack have got someone and they go on a tear and you don't have them, then suddenly you've fallen behind the pack. So I think that could be the case when it comes to Turbo to start the season. Hmm. You're not worried about Cooper John stealing those round one points? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as much. <laughs> uh, all right, just to round out our uh, chat over teams, our own, own sides here, I might go through a couple of things. First, I just want to chat to you guys about center wings and who, if you could and have, would you spend large in? And they're just the, uh, I guess, pottiest player that you've got in your side um, as it currently stands. So, Sazi, maybe just starting with you, in terms of center wing, there's a huge gap, as we've said, between the, the cheapies and then the out-and-out guns in this position, and it's an easy place to go uh, pretty stacked with cheapies. But uh, for one player, I guess if you want to spend big, who would it be at centre wing? Well, I've, I've already done it, mate. It's Val Holmes. Um, 
comes in at a massive packet, but with that draw, his form, he's looking really comfortable at centre, kicking goals. Um, mm. I've just locked him in for that opening couple of months. I just, I'm still so shaky about our, our starts to the season. Every year we come with our heads held high and get crashing down for whatever reason. But um, no, 700 and odd K, don't hate it, but I think I would be holding off as a cow fan. Um, Anton, for you? Yeah, I've got um, I've got Val Holmes as well, but I think the pod in my team is probably Selwyn Cobbo. Um, I just love him. I love having him in my team. I like watching the Broncos play when he's in my team. Um, I in, in one of the leagues I was playing in with my um, with my family last year. Whenever he'd score a try, I'd, I'd find a gift. There's heap, heaps of gifts of people eating corn and <laughs> like a corn on the Cobbo, and I'd just be like sending them images every time he scored a try. It'd be another corn gift. Um, and so that was kind of fun for me. And I just, I just, um, seeing him in the trial and just the things he can do, the way he sort of pushes off people and his athleticism, I'm just like for 586 K, I just think and he's starting at fullback this year. I just, I just want to have him in my team because I think it will be fun. Mm. Um, the guy I wish I could have is Ruben Garrick. And that's for the same reason that I, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't pass on the turbo train. It's just Ruben Garrick's kicking goals. I would imagine. Um, and he's going to be on that on that wing, on that left wing, and um, I just think he's going to be in the, on the end of a lot of tries this year. And um, if he didn't yeah. have that round two by, I reckon for me Holmes would be Yarrick. Yeah, yeah. The the other issue with with him is is that I've already got I've already got a couple of seagulls in there. Um, so, oh no, I don't. No, that's right because I booted Schuster, so I could get him in there. Um, yeah, he's yeah. The round two by something that I'm kind of looking at, but. Um, yeah, I think I think just um, over the course of the season, he's a top two or three CT dub for sure. Uh, for me, guys, I go on Nick Meany, 640-odd K, goal kicking for the Storm. Pappenhausen does not sound like he's due back anytime soon. I think round eight was an absolute pipe dream by the sound. So uh, Meany locked in at fullback for the time being. Um, really big scores last season in Pappenhausen's absence. I think the combining a goal kicking fullback in a side as good as the Storm means that your base is going to be quite high. So I've gone maybe a little bit risky with him to start the season, but I thought based on what I saw last year, seamlessly fit into that um, side with plenty of chefs. So I've gone relatively big with Nick Meany. I'm just having a look at some of the other higher-priced centre wings. Alex Johnson, it's probably one of the names that sticks out there. He's, I think, second highest behind Joey Manu, but... Uh, AJ, we know how good he is historically and how good uh, a team the Rabbitohs are, but Stiles, is it a name that you just, is it is it too high to start the year? I mean, he hasn't been overly spoken about, but what do you reckon the reason is? Oh, that draw, mate, the price, the low floor. Um, although Alex had the bunnies in the uh, mega guide and he fished some stats where he's actually averaging in the uh, 60s against some of those top sides, which hmm. gave me a bit of pause, but... He's the guy you'll definitely get in, but I, you, you, I don't think he can do it with that that price and that draw to start off with for a player mm. who's very try-reliant. Luttrell's a bit different, but, um, yeah, I'd be very worried about having AJ as my um, my primo centre wing to start the season. One of those yeah, guys you'd hate sure. to come up against, though. Oh, absolutely. Sorry, Anton, you got? Oh, he's, just the, he's, a, he's the kind of guy that's really annoying where he'll just like score three tries and knock you out of a head-to-head yep. against a really good team and it'll come out of nowhere after two scores of 30 and 40 the two weeks before. Um, I got him for draft because he's the, he's the perfect kind of guy that you can play on matchups. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, um, 
I think I think the draw and that low floor, like you're saying, Stylesy, is the thing that you know just makes the price off putting, and he will come down. That's the thing. Like he he has a point in the season where he'll go on a run, and once you can get him below, if you can get him below that kind of like five fifty sort of mark, if you can get him around there, and he's about to go on a run, I think that's when you jump on, and then you kind of you know just hope that he he has that real hot patch of good scores for you. What about the Sharks center wings, guys? So Mulatalo, Talakai, and Katoa are all basically the same price. Mulatalo, 640K, Talakai, 635, Katoa, 631. Uh, hugely high price for a reason. Sharks had a massive year last year and looking to back it up again. Um, I mean, again, like AJ, not a lot of love for them. Stylesy, if you were to have one of those guys in your side, who would it be? Probably uh, Mulatalo. Um, he looks the most likely on any given day, I think. Um, mm. Obviously, Talakai, uh, we know what he did to uh, poor Morgan Harper, but outside of that, um, the ceiling was a bit down. I know there's been chat on uh, different areas about the impact Wade Graham's return uh, had on the attack overall, but I think Mulatalo's probably got the highest ceiling out of out of those fellas, like on a more consistent basis than a Talakai. Hmm. Anything for you, Anton, with those sharks, guys? No, I agree. I, I, I think you need to wait. Like, like AJ, you, you kind of want to have a good look at the draw and kind of go right. There's a patch of about six, seven games there that the sharks look like they could be in for a good run, and that's when you get on someone like that. And I think Mulatalo would probably be my guy, but for the right price, so is Katoa because Katoa has he's he's a great tackle breaker and he doesn't score off kicks as often as Mulatalo does. So you don't get that line break with Mulatalo, but. Um, I think yeah, you know, to start the season, I haven't I haven't looked at any of them to be honest. I um, had Katoa just... last year, right before his injury, and I was I was a really happy owner. But the funny thing about him is they they swap wings like mm. somewhat consistently. Like um, looking at the game day updates, they'll swap around. Um, so they play both sides of the field and can chop and change on any given week. Yeah, those they're freaks. Those two men, they're just athletes, both of them. So, Stasi, for your side, I mean, I was Anton spoke about his pop being Cobbo, but for you, I mean, is it Talungi? I'm, I'm having a look through, and there's not a lot of, um, you know, huge question marks or anything that come to mind when I look at your side. Is there anyone that you would consider being a, a huge pod? I'm not sure about Talungi's ownership, but looks like uh, you've gone relatively with the crowd. Yeah, like I opened with, I, I tend to go pretty risk-averse to start and then I'll get a sense of where the landscape lies and then I'll start moving from there. Um, Talungi, um, I think he's only 5% ownership or something, so um, he is pretty pottish. Like I said, he it, it was Marju up until uh, team list this afternoon, so I picked the fellow who I liked who was literally beneath him on the team list, so I might review that, but um, I'm also a Talungi owner in my um, home league for draft, so... Part of me always likes to try and stack a couple of guys like that, so I'm not not rooting for and against my draft side on any given week. Hmm. Um, and finally, guys, just on Fogwatch, Jamal Fogarty uh, brought it up last week, but he's skyrocketed in ownership, and I'm sure it's a, as a result of my impeccable analysis. But gone from about 600 or maybe even 500 owners to 829, uh, 31st highest owned uh, halfback. What are your thoughts? I mean, he's locked and loaded in my side. Any, do you see any doubt in that? you want me to clarify anything? Or uh, once you saw that name, you are both pretty confident? I oh. owned him in draft last year and I was real happy with his return. So I, And he should only go better with being not hurt and having the full preseason in that. Um, 
think the only thing for me is like he's what's his I haven't looked at him once mate apart from just reading your uh texts every three hours about without the fog um break even of 63 is what he's currently priced at got a game against the cows we are notoriously slow starters as I've mentioned so I expect a relatively high scoring game they've got a soft draw as well I've got knights tigers dragons uh fins I think as well so I just really yeah. like the cut of his his draw um, all sides put to the fog. The, the deal, or not deal breaker, he's a bit more expensive than Sam Walker, um, who's in a better side, but uh, I think there's a bit of upside there. Anton, ro- the, feel free to roast. The only thing about uh, the Raiders and, you know, kind of assessing their draw is that they don't have a fullback. They've basically got um, their, their it's sort of in all sorts a little bit back there, so... I think that affects their attack, their attacking shapes a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. The jury's out for. I, I, they're a hard team to read, actually, the Raiders, and I don't know where they stack up against a lot of teams that have improved their rosters. So um, strength of schedule is actually quite hard to predict. I think at this stage of the season, for a lot of teams, for some it's a bit easier, but for for others, I think it's you know it's going to take a few games to actually kind of figure out. Um, how weak some teams are or how strong others are. And I think the Raiders are in that kind of foggy ground for me where I don't actually know how they're going to stack up against some of those sides that were maybe even in the bottom four last year. Apologies um, to Seb Chris and his family for claiming he's not a fullback. But anyhow, yeah, we'll put that disclaimer that's... at the start of the pod. <laughs> <laughs> the views of Anton Poser do not represent. That, that's right. That's all right. I don't want him coming looking for me, that's for sure. There you go. Well, it's a, it'll be an SC report thing because I think Joe Fitz started a fight with um, Michael Leish's dad a few years ago. So there you <laughs> go. See. There you go. They'll come out of the woodwork. Um, all right, guys, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back. We'll go through a few things to read out the pod. So we'll talk about some of the traps that have been named in the, the teams this uh, Tuesday. We'll talk about our captains and vices and then also some sit starts, uh, particularly in the centre wing. A lot of big choices to be made early on with our reserve choices. Let's uh, take a break and come back. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All righty, rounding out the pod for round one. We're going to go through some of the traps, the Pallavis, as we said at the top of the pod. Um, Anton, anyone from your perspective, if you were to give advice to a newbie super coach who's picking a side, maybe based on who's got the green tick next to them, who's been named in round one, anyone you would advise to steer well clear of? Uh, yeah, look, there's, I mean, the Pallavi scale for me 
it's it's not an in or an out. So there's like a you know if you get lots of pilavis, like a nine out of ten, for example, that means mm. you you are super duper risky and a high chance of of vanishing forever into the Bermuda Triangle, like our friend John. So I think, for example, a guy like that is Corey Allen, uh, who's named at centre with with Manu to be coming back soon. Um, not quite sure how long Manu's out for, but you can best be sure that Allen will not be there when he comes back. There's other guys as well, which it might be a, a slightly longer lead time. So uh, someone like a, a Saulo, for example, from uh, the Raiders, um, he is going to go after Josh Papali comes back, and he's going go to he's gonna go back to the bench. So even though he's at a good starting price and he might, make, uh, might spend a couple of weeks starting prop and make some money, uh, he could lose that money if he's only getting about you know 20 minutes off the bench. Um, Homer Hunt's got Marju lurking around. Mm. Um, I think he's won the spot on merit, so he's probably going to get a run in that jersey, um, free from fear of, of being overtaken. But for how long, we don't know. The other one is, is the uh, is the Dory uh, or Bryce Cartwright issue. So I mentioned this one before. I I feel like um, there are question marks over who who's going to keep their spot. Uh, Madison may, may not return and slot back into the starting side, but one of them is going to play reduced minutes or maybe both of them. So there's risk with both of those guys. Hmm. Um, and Murdoch Masilla as well. I think I've seen him in a lot of teams over the start of the year. Um, and that's that's because he's got the jewel. He's cheap. But it'd be just like Hook to go. He's been in, he's been starting edge back row all, all preseason. But uh, round two teams, he's a bench prop. Um, so that that's a big watch out for me, that one. What about Jackson Ford for the Warriors? I don't think we've spoken his name on the pod today, but got the start. I was real keen for Anton's thoughts on Jackson. <laughs> I was waiting yeah, for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Is he is he not a Pallavi? Is Jackson Ford a out and out? He's going to keep Curran on the bench. Yeah, it seems that it seems that way. Um, I kind of always assumed that what was going to happen was, um, you know, he was going to he was going to play a bit of a bench role, uh, but he has got a big motor on him, and he, I was actually really impressed with him in the trials. He ran a good line. There's nothing flash about Jackson Ford, but he defends really well. And I think Webster is kind of instilling that. He's 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 got a couple of strong edge back uh, rowers and near Kore and um, and Ford who um, are going to have to protect their centres because Vilea is not that experienced. And on the other side, Willie Army, he's 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 got a bit of size about him, but again, he's he's not exactly a Justin Olam. Mm. Um, so. So yeah, I think they're going that way first, and then they're going to go for Curran off the bench, and he will probably um, he's probably going to take some of Ford's minutes. I see him playing maybe about around the fifty mark. Um, so Josh Curran coming on, uh, he he might play through the middle, he might play through the edge. We could have Mitch Barnett playing some time in the edge. It's it, there's there's a lot to a lot to kind of factor in, and I'm not hundred percent sure how it's going to work, but I'm pretty sure Ford definitely won't be playing eighty. I think the big minute back row is going to be near Kore on the on the other side. Um, so yeah, I think he's got his 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 spot safe, but don't expect him to play eighty minutes. So how many Pallavis out of ten for Jackson? Oh, I'd give him about a I'd give him about a four. Ooh, okay, that's still worth uh, worth a good hard look, as Kirkup would say. Um, Stolzy, anyone that you reckon we've missed in the trap list, the Pallavi scale? Um, I think Anton covered off. A lot of the ones I had listed down, um, I can see a lot of people getting excited about some of those cheaper uh, forwards on the Bulldogs bench. So mm. um, probably got more than we were expecting. I know Pele was a uh, popular preseason pick and 
he's eventuated. And since we've heard about him a bit, you'd have to think he's a bit higher up in the pecking order. We've got Jaden Tanner. We've got Jacob Preston. Um, Luke Thompson's injury is quite bad. So that's good for um, one or two of those guys. We've got Pangai Jr. to come back into the pack uh, after about four or five weeks, I think, which could spell trouble for one of them. We're just not sure which one yet. Um, but, yeah, they're probably the additional ones. Um, Salo stands out like <laughs> the proverbial yeah. the trap forwards. Yeah. Someone I've got will a see couple more. Uh, starting prop and gets real excited, but surely he doesn't hang around for too long. Yep, yep. I've got a couple more as well. Sean Bloor is a, is mm. a guy that oh, everybody's... About Bloor, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have got him in their team and everybody knows John Bateman's coming back. So, you know, he could be in there for three weeks or four weeks. He might get one or two price rises. But if he if he goes back to that number 17 role, he might lose any value that he's 18% made. 18% owned. That's huge. Yeah, and I think I think, I think think people can do a bit better than Bloor, to be honest. There's other guys at that price that are, are going to, you know, offer a bit more stability. Um, and then the other one I have on here is, is actually Hess. So Hess is quite attractive because he's only 400K in his dual position. He's got the starting edge back row spot. Um, he hasn't played on the the edge for for a while as a starter. Uh, Highland Luke is due back in the first six weeks. We don't know mm. exactly when, um, so it could be that he comes off the bench, or it could be that he 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 comes and starts. We don't know, but it will almost certainly affect Hess in some way. Um, whether he plays a mix of edge and middle, we don't know. But I think um, expecting him to play eighty minutes on the edge for an extended period might be a little bit um, hopeful. Uh, but it's it's just worth flagging that because you got to think about those things if you're, say, starting a Hess over someone else over that you know kind of three to four hundred thousand dollar mark who doesn't have questions like that over their heads. It's good to kind of just think about those things. Yeah, and I, as a Cowboys fan, one hundred percent agree. Hess's best years at second row well uh, behind him. It's a definite placeholder. You got Mitch Dunn there as well, who was floating in and around those sort of predicted sides, but still battling back from an ACL. So he'll. Uh, suit up at some stage, and I just don't think Hess is is long for the second row world. If he moves back to prop, it's going to be off the bench. It's going to be limited minutes, and it's just going to be a no go. So yeah, a, a definite no for me. Um, guys like Ben Trebojevic, uh, if we turn our attention to some of the benchies, Ben Trebojevic, Dubby Mowali, um, these sort of guys. I mean, is there much merit if you were to pick a say benchy? Uh, you guys mentioned the Bulldogs ones before, but. Say starting with Burbo, a lot of players have him in their side as well. Uh, almost ten thousand. Any love it, uh, Stasi for for Burbo? No, no chance off the bench. Um, I did. I had Manly in the mega guide, and I was a Burbo owner last year. And the reason he was in my side was as a uh, dual nuff. Hmm. And then he uh, started getting game time. Like great for him, but really bad for Supercoach. It is uh, off the bench for just absolutely no return. So. It looks like he's bulked up a bit. I'm sure he will be improving as a player, but I could not uh, recommend him as a selection in your Supercoach side, regardless of the price if he's coming off the bench. Rabbitohs prop Mawale. Um, Anton, any love for you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been he's been in my kind of uh, fourth front row for a long time. Uh, he came he came out today um, when I heard about the news, the, the injury to Luke Thompson, and I swapped him for Pele just to free up a little bit more cash. Mm. But um, I think he's 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 your classic kind of um, long burn in the front row. So, you know, he's, he's one of those guys where it seems like his 
his spot. The only guy he's kind of fighting with a little bit is Shaq Mitchell, who I thought trialed really well as well. Um, but it seems like with Havili out, they're going to be leaning on him a little bit. And he's got a bit of attack about him too. Um, went over for a good try in the trials. And um, I just I just like the way he plays. So I think he's um, he's a good prospect and you're not going to lose much having him there. But he's got he's got fairly good security, unlike some of the other ones. Um, so I don't I don't mind that for you know for 230k as a as a fourth front row that you're never going to play. No, I agree. I think they're pretty high on him as well. As you've said, a lot of attacking upside. And you got Totola and Burgess in front of him, but I could see Burgess going back to the bench at some stage, depending on how well Moali um, plays. Um, but I think for one of those front row forwards, we uh, we see him every year. But you know, they'll sit on your bench for. 10, 12, 14 weeks, eventually make you some cash and you use them during the buys and that kind of thing. So he might be the perfect candidate um, in that regard. Uh, just for you guys, um, a name that's popped up and he's skyrocketed in ownership over the last couple of weeks, Sean Kepi, named at starting lock for Manly, uh, 21% owned, uh, dual positioned, a lot of boxes being ticked. Any risk, Stilesy, with Sean Kepi? Yeah, um, Having said I have him, um, mm. is, let me just bring it up. His PPM is not good. Uh, it's, for about, it's about, zero po- it's about um, 0.8. Oh, is yeah. this the Ethan Bullymore of 2023? His, so the last four seasons, his highest PPM was one um, and his lowest is 0.82. So he often hovers in that mid 0.8s. So given that was in a, a different role and obviously if he's been elevated to a starting lock, then they've seen something in him. Um, didn't look too bad in trials, but it's a bit of a tough time trying to predict minutes. But let's say he gets 55 at 0.85. That's sort of a mid to high 40s average, um, which isn't amazing, but it's sort of offset by the dual positioning. He is starting. Uh, he'll be getting better as a player, but um, that's probably my red flag, that, that PPM's... Uh, not great for someone in the middle rotation. Actually, Anton, just on uh, Manly's rotation and forward pack, I, I think you put a question out to the Twitterverse, as you often do, uh, just what this move to prop does for Jake Trebojevic. Obviously, usual lock, but Kepi's taking that position. But uh, in, in terms of Gerbo, maybe just quickly looking at him, uh, you did throw that question out. Any words of wisdom on Gerbo? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually huge on Gerbo. I think if it wasn't for the, the buy... Um, I think he's great value at the at, at front row. Plus, he's also got the jewel. He played he played awesome for um for the kangaroos at prop. I don't know whether you guys saw that, but I thought he was epic in that position. Just got mm. through a, a stack of work. Um, what kind of killed his super coach game? Because he was always relevant until um uh, until Hasler came along and made him start throwing the ball out the yep. back all the time. So. Uh, that I, I kind of see him moving to prop being a really good thing for him. And if you look at the bench, you've got Weeks, his brother his brother on the bench there, Ben, Ethan Bullymore, who may play through the middle for Kepi, and then you've got Aloye. So um, there's a couple of pro- – there's there's one, you know, kind of out-and-out out prop there in Aloye, but um, he could come on for Paseca. And I, I could see maybe Jake playing up about 60 minutes at prop, even more. He doesn't like coming off the field either. You see, every time they hook him, he has a big whinge about it. Goes mm. red in the face and swears and stuff. It's actually quite funny to watch. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think um that rotation there, Sean Kepi for me, I don't like him as a super coach player. Full stop. I didn't like him at prop. Don't like him off the bench. I don't like him at thirteen. But for the price, I can see why people are doing it, and I can see 
um, that uh, that there's value there to be made, but I couldn't I couldn't play him in my 17, for example, um, and so I'm kind of looking at guys that in a pinch I, I wouldn't mind playing, but um, but yeah, there's just something about him that really turns me away, but much more of a Gerbo fan, especially with the bench that they've got. Hmm. All right, guys, to round out our round one pod, I thought we'd go through captain's vices and then our sit starts uh, across the park. Uh, we might just start with captains and vices. I think uh, stand corrected, but we might all have Teddy against the Finns Sunday afternoon at Suncorp as our captain. Uh, looks like you do, Stasi. Looks like you do. Uh, Anton, are we locked and loaded? I mean, what do we expect out of Teddy, Anton? Uh, well, I mean... I think yeah he 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 looked kind of tired in the the trials which is which is you know I, I suppose to be expected but I expect them to start the season pretty strong and make a statement here because um I mean the dolphins are still finding their feet a little bit um and I think I think the roosters are certainly out for a premiership this year and they've come out and said it in the news that they you know they consider anything anything less than a top 4 finish and a, a grand final as a bit of a um not quite a pass mark for them. So they'll be wanting to make a bit of a statement here. And I think this is just um, a dry track in the afternoon just has has him written all over it. So if you were to pivot away from Teddy and look at someone else this weekend, who would it be? Tom Tabojevic. And I'm thinking about it now, like that's pretty risky, but um, I'm just looking at captain percentages now. You've got Nathan Cleary at 34.9%. Huge. Teddy at 15.2 is in second place. Then you've got sort of in the fives, you've got Nico Hines, who I think people are going to have a real bad time with unless they've got a great BC. <laughs> Latrell Mitchell, Cameron Munster, Cameron Murray, Garrick. He's 1.3% captained. If he has a big statement game in round one against the Bulldogs and maybe Teddy does stutter out of the gates a bit and is a bit tired, that could set you up to a, for a real nice start um, I've got Cleary's VC, but I've got no red dots. So I think it's going to be a little bit irrelevant for my side, but I could be really tempted by Tommy T. That's a great call because normally at the at Manly's home ground on afternoon track, that's, you know, you just dial up 130 points and lock it in. Right. So yeah. Anton, were you, were you looking at Turbo? I mean, until Styles, you said that I admittedly had just basically put Teddy in and thought nothing else. No, I was. He was the other guy on my on my tip sheet there for for captain because again, it's 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 an it's an early early evening game, so five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I think it is. Let's have a look. Oh, uh, they got two o'clock in the Arvo on. Uh, oh yeah, it's even earlier. Two o'clock hmm. in the afternoon at Four Pines. So, I mean, you could yeah, you could do that with um, Nathan Cleary as your vice, and I think I think you wouldn't go wrong there. And the other one, I got a captain risky for you. Hmm. Is um, if you wanted to go a real rough, you could go uh, for Dewey. Against the Titans at Leichhardt, he's my captain that. in my uh, draft league. Is he? Don't yeah, I, I think I think he's got he's got a lot of points in him. I think that game is going to have a lot of points in him. Could be like 36, 34 or something. Um, um, something else I'll just mention while I'm thinking of it because um, I'll probably forget. Um, for any for any maybe newer players out there who are listening, round one you've got unlimited trades until the round closes out. So. When I mentioned before about not having any red dots on the park, let's say I do VC clear and he goes massive, I don't need to burn a trade to maybe bring in someone like a Schuster for maybe a cheapie I'm not as sure about, um, knowing he'll be back and just bank those points. Like maybe I get cold on Dury 
Cleary has a massive game, and I just go no trade spent. Dury to Schuster, lock him in, and uh, lock Cleary's score in, and then figure it out from there. Yeah, it's a good point. I think Dury plays the first round, so you'd be looking at someone else. Our first game, I should yeah. say, so someone else along there. It but was no, just the no first great. name I saw, but it was, yeah, more <laughs> oh, so I'm, I'm, rather than Dury himself. But <laughs> bastion of professionalism, JT. Don't you don't you forget about it. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought. I mean, I've got an absolute pot in <laughs> Jamal Fogarty. What a move it would be to put him as captain. But I think I'll go safe with the crowd. I'm going to be at the game actually, incidentally, on uh, Sunday afternoon, the first Dolphins game of the. Well, they're well, the NRL live, so looking forward to that one. Should be a big crowd. Maybe the occasion will get the better of the Roosters, just starting slow out of the gates, not too sure. But I love having a captain when I'm at a game, so locked and load Teddy for me. Um, all right, centre wings, just to round out. Uh, a lot of calls now we've got to make. We've got a fairly, I guess, balanced side to start the season, but it's big calls now of who to sit and who to start. I think a, a lot of them go without question, some of those ones where you've got fullback guns and half guns and all that kind of thing. But centre wings, uh, just want to chat to you guys quickly about some of the cheapies on there. So I'm going to list a, a couple out here and throw any else that you want to into the mix here. But Tommy Talao, Taruva from Penrith, Alamotti from the Dogs, Khan Pereira and Warbrick are the five cheapies that I've got for centre wings. Um, any I've missed off your list, Anton? Uh, CNK. CNK. Um, Isaac Thompson. Yep. Uh, Willie Army and Hunt. Um, I've got those ones there as well. I think with I think with the cheapies, uh, it, it's also about um, how many of these guys you've got. Because for me, there's a bit of a picking order with with these guys. And say if you've only got a couple, then your decision's easy. You don't you, you sit all of them. But if you've got if you've got like say four or five, then you do have to choose. And I think there's a bit of a picking order this week with these guys. Maybe we'll make it easy for you guys and just do some sit starts, quick fire. Uh, Stasi for you, Tommy Talao versus Cam Pereira. Cam uh, Pereira, he got six tries across two games in the trials, and it could have been that first game. It could have been ten. He had so many close calls and that kind of thing. But uh, facing the Tigers with a somewhat inexperienced backline, um, there's a few new faces in there. Um, hmm. Yeah, I and the form he's coming into the season with is pretty sublime. So that's a, that's an easy one for me. Agree, disagree, Anton? Absolutely agree. I think he's he's um he's in my seventeen in the in round one. And one other that I want to throw to you guys, and then you can throw him back. Alamotti v Taruva. Uh, Anton, who would you go? I'd go Taruva for the upside of the Panthers. Um, still not sure. I haven't really seen Alamotti play in first grade, and I, I'm just kind of thinking he might be still uh, might take his time to little, uh, find his feet. It's going to be in the hot weather. Um, so, I, yeah, I kind of feel like um, I, I'm going to go Taruva on that one. I've gone. So I'm, I'm with you on that one, Anton. I wasn't with Stasi on Talao and you on Khan Pereira. So I've currently got Talao in the side over the Titans winger. So, again, flip of the coin, maybe come game day. Any for you guys? Any flip of the coins, Stasi? Uh Not really. I've got, I've got. Well, Holmes and Talungi, who maybe may or not may or may not be that on game day, but I'll probably have two gunners sort of there or thereabouts in a wing. So I'm just picking two of them. So I've got Khan Pereira and Taruva just on the back of the fact that he plays for the Panthers. I've sat CNK Alamotti and Will Warbrick, um, and I don't see myself really deviating from that. And I've done you, the exact same thing. Yep. yep. 
Very good. All right, that's not too bad then. I think, um, I mean, we've all got the likes of Brandon Smith and, and those sort of guys. So uh, the questions are easier to be answered away from centre wing, I think. But uh, no, looking forward to, I mean, that could be a huge game changer, getting those centre wings right. So looking forward to it. Um, any final words of wisdom, guys? We've got to, what is it, an hour and five, Stilesy? You promised we wouldn't, but we have. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Round one pod, you always got to start strong. Um, any final words of wisdom for you guys, for the listeners out there? Um, any, I don't know, self-promos? Alex had about 700 for himself last week. So words of wisdom, Anton. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give people a, a bit of, uh, one one bit of advice that I wish I got when I was playing in my first couple of seasons, if it is your first time playing or um, you're kind of new to it. When you're selecting your reserves, make sure the people on, on the bench are people who play later in the weekend. So what you don't want to be doing is have a player who plays early in the weekend on your bench and get locked because that means you can't sub players off that are in your starting side. So you want those guys who are on your starting side to play first. It doesn't matter if they're worse or better players. That doesn't matter. It just means the players who are playing earlier in the round should be on the field and the ones playing later should be selected on your bench. Sage advice, even for the most veteran of super coaches, we tend to overlook that. Great call. Anton, Stasi, anything for you? Um, don't get too caught up in pot excitement. And by that, I mean, don't pick a point of difference player just because they're low ownership. The pods you want are the ones who you think will legitimately outscore the more popular guys. So, um, when we're talking about like just easy fullbacks, Teddy, Turbo, etc., don't just look at them and go, well, if everyone's got them, I'm going to pick a whoever, uh, if you're not sure they're actually going to go better than those guys, that's where you're going to fall behind the pack. So if you think you've got a good pod, just think, are they actually going to outscore the guy I'm leaving him out for? Or am I maybe just trying to be different for the sake of being different? Very good. I think mine would be don't panic trade after one or two rounds. I think we all get caught up in that uh, fever when it hasn't gone right. You've spent all this time preparing and then round one hits and whatever, your, your gun play, your Jamal Fogarty in my case gets 30 points. Hold fire. Don't burn the trades. Don't use the the boosts this early on because uh, we all know round two is a completely different kettle of fish. So if you just hold strong, stick to the gut and follow it through uh, and then deal with all the trade burnings later on in the season when it becomes absolutely necessary. Much easier said than done. I think we all fall into the trap, but um, yeah, definitely one thing you always look back on in the season and probably a few wasted trades in and around there. Guys, it's been great to chat. I've been uh, looking forward to this one. It's been a long off season. Uh, Styles, you and I have been busily writing the Mega Guide, um, which unfortunately is through its last iteration, won't be updated Yet again, and, and Anton, thank you for the very kind words and the the fantastic photo at the front of that one. Uh, very professional. Great photo. You guys, you guys got lucky. I just had a whole bunch of glamour shots done at the mall. So, right. Uh, you, yeah, I, I had a couple of extra that I could I could snip off with my scissors. So you guys got lucky. Shirt on though, which was a bit unfortunate. But anyhow, yeah. <laughs> Have to pay for the only talk account later <laughs> next year for that exclusive one. Uh, but no, Stasi, it's been a, a fun off season working with you, uh, Anton. Always fun watching your, your Twitter feed. Actually, just to round that out, self promo. Uh, where can we find you? That's Anton Poser, or one word, P O S A. Sweet. There you, there you go. Uh, pick a fight with him. It's always hilarious. And Stasi, I mean, that's that's probably the number one tip I should have started with. Follow Adam Stiles at at Twitter. Did I get the handle right? Probably not. 
uh, at A Styles Author, and you can find both myself and Anton under the hashtag Bunty Appreciation Society. Um, we'll probably be the two posters on that one, um, so you can find us there as well. Actually, I'm We're looking forward. Taking new you know, if you do want to become a member, uh, there's there's not much hazing involved, but it's a good club. You'll love it. Actually, what's the over under of you getting on TV this year, Anton, holding up the Bunty Appreciation uh, sign? Like, well, um, well, I'm a ticketed member now because we're go. actually playing in our own stadium for a change. So I get to actually go sit in the same spot, and the cameraman gets to get used to me, and I am taking my sign. So um, I say it should be uh, it should be more than likely. Well, you've more... got that iconic photo of your last season holding it up um, large and proud that goes there in our folklore with Let's Gone, I'd say. So I think it's the new Let's Gone. I thought he was the Let's Gone guy. <laughs> You're not Let's Gone Warriors. <laughs> there you go. Let's get that guy on the pod, hey? Wherever, dig him out, uh, probably from the Bermuda Triangle like old Matt John Pallavi. But no, uh, good to chat to you guys, veterans of the site. Always good to have you around. We'll hear from both of you throughout the season uh, when and as you're available, you hear from me, Alex Lakey. He'll be back, I think, when in Rome, a blast from the past. He, I helped him make his side on the golf course today. So I might have steered him in the wrong direction a couple of times, but as you would. Um, right. But, yeah, you know, a few, of the, a few of the regulars getting in and around. So thank you very much for coming on, uh, Anton. It's probably about three in the morning, so you best get to bed. Uh, one more beer before you go. But thank you very much for burning the midnight oil. Yeah, pleasure, boys. Thank you, and speak again soon. See you later, Stylesy. Catch you next, well, whenever. <laughs> See you, fellas. You do have to sit through this whole song. No questions. I'm sitting and I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt's well and truly off. <laughs>